Hello and welcome to episode four of Les Odorants. Uh, joining me as always this week, I have the wonderful Ben. Hello. And James. Hello. Oh, I had to drag it out of you this week, didn't we, James? Well, you didn't call me wonderful, did you? Oh. So, you know. The wonderful James. Well, you don't, you don't need to have to do it now. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's ruined now, isn't it? And you, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, well, let's get into it then. Um, okay, so um, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful Ben. Oh, Ben, you're so wonderful. Ben is wonderful. I'm not yeah. questioning. Okay, that, but, okay, you know. Ben, tell me, what perfume have you been wearing this week? Well, this week, at risk of being dubbed a shill immediately, uh, I've been wearing the uh, load of Zaharoff um, samples this Bloody week. Bloody shill. I know, Shell. I know. Stone him. Uh, and, 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 but precisely for this reason, really, because I hadn't ever really smelt them and I, and everyone that reviews them, reviews them really well. And then mm. instantly the, uh, you know, the, 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 the accusation is, oh, you know, George Zaharoff, you know, you're just shilling for George or whatever. Mm. So I, I thought I'd, I wanted to try them for myself, basically. So I, I, uh, I got hold of the samples and, um, what was the verdict? They, they were right, to be honest. Like I thought, um, they all, had like a slightly 90s commercial fougere kind of vibe to them with that mm-hmm. kind of uh like dihydromersonal kind of top which if you're know, unaware that like if you know dracar noir things like that mm. like basically that very masculine fresh yeah. shower gel kind of scent like that so they they all had like a top that was kind of buried in that i thought um mm. which wasn't my cup of tea to be honest oh, um, yeah you know, that's not I'd... my thing so i I found that they were all probably all right, but not to my liking. So I, I, the ones I didn't like particularly were Poor Homme and Poor Homme Noir. And for me, I thought they were okay, but they were very commercial masculine men in sense that it's not my cup of tea, really. Mm. Um, and they also didn't seem to last very well, which I thought was a bit, a bit suck. Um, yeah. But the ones that I did like, I liked Royale and Royale X, and I thought they were actually pretty decent and I, Royale particularly I, I, I liked a lot overall I don't think they're worth the hype that they get online and I think there probably is a lot of shilling going on there because they weren't that they weren't that good definitely but they also weren't bad no 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 I agree Ben I mean you're saying this and I, I saw him life coach you live on uh, <laughs> on YouTube you've had the. I'm pretty jealous that you've had the uh, George Zaharoff treatment I have and I, I haven't had that yet, and I kind of I kind of want him sort of, you know, stroking my ego and saying how great I am. Well, the, um, the funny thing is, is he's a really nice... He, he comes across as a very nice bloke, right? And so when I, when I smelt them, I thought, well, I'll, I'll talk about these on the podcast no matter what, if I like them or I don't like them. Sure. And I have to say, like, I was relieved that I don't think any of them are terrible because I didn't... As much as I, no. I didn't want to say they're shit, if they're shit, I would, like, 100%. Um so I, I was quite relieved that none of them, I, I didn't think any of them were shit. Um, at worst, I think they just weren't my cup of tea. But if they were your cup of tea, I think you'd probably enjoy them. Well, so I am I am slap bang in the target market for these because um, that, that sort of standard, uh, standard masculine, uh, fresh, shaving foamy type vibe, that is absolutely smack in the middle of my wheelhouse i'm also a sucker for a fancy bottle design and i really like the uh zaroff um bottles um i thought signature was great really really enjoyed signature totally agree that the performance is not great 
Um, and that, I'm afraid, is for me the story of most of them. Um, but I think a couple of points from me just on the Zaroff stuff. Uh, totally agree. He's a very cool guy. I really like him. I've chatted a bit with him on Instagram. Seems very, very... I mean, quite crazy, but like in a very cool <laughs> Utterly way. eccentric, yeah. Yeah, uh, so I, I really like him. Um, I thought uh, Royale and Noir seemed a bit pointless to me. They they did not offer enough differentiation from the original signature to warrant, you know, really existing. Um, I mean, they're nice, uh, but you don't need any more than one of the three, for sure. Um and then um, he did these collabs with a couple of uh, YouTubers. I say a couple. There, th- there was three, I think. One with, is it Michaela Curly Fragrance, um, whom, frankly, uh, yeah, I, I think we just move along. I've got nothing good to say about her at all. Um, and I haven't tried her perfume. Um, the other two were Justin something or other, exactly jazz jazz something pleasant uh watery very very bland and and really not you know just not a worthy fragrance um and the other one was uh even more forgettable i can't even remember the guy's name um youtube uh, yeah. dude he's just initials isn't he like t g fucking something what's it stand for is it through the looking glass or something i don't know what it stands for it <laughs> That would be. That sounds quite cool. I don't think it is that. No, it's almost certainly not. A TLTG, I think. Uh, I mean, he seems again. He he seems like one of these sort of fairly standard YouTube reviewers. I'm sure he's very cool. The perfume was. It was a fat no. Actually, I didn't. So I didn't sample either of them. Uh huh. Okay. Well, uh, I wouldn't bother. <laughs> would be my <laughs> yes, advice. Apparently so. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's just there's just no point. You know. Um, they're not good but i often think uh that that uh, a bit like musicians certainly used to do um when they do collaborations they seldom put their best material out there because it certainly used to be the way that when they did collaborations they'd want to hold the best stuff back for for themselves it's got to be all mine um you know you don't want to be remembered as the person who duetted with you know johnny so and so um I don't know whether that applies to perfume. I don't know if it even applies to music still, but that was just my perception. I seem to have gone off track. I want to just get back to Zaroff and say that I have got this sample here of uh, Signature Tobacco. Oh, yeah. Which is really, really good. Really like that. Um, Nothing game-changing, but a really well-executed sweet tobacco fragrance um, and... I think I would definitely buy that uh, at some point just because I love the bottle, I like the guy, the brand, um, and that's a really good perfume. So um, mixed mixed views from me. James, how do you feel about Zaroff and the fact that he hasn't recognised just how wonderful you are yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure I, I've, I've probably had opportunities to, to, to speak to him. And I think there's not a negative vibe that I've ever seen coming out of the guy. And, you know, I, I sort of pretend to be this kind of cantankerous sort of person, but I'm really not. Uh, and I actually think that he's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, he wears more fucking Versace than Tyson Fury, doesn't he? But um, he's, uh, you know, he's he's pretty funky kind of guy. Uh, and yeah, I yeah, like, you know, I'm willing to try those fragrances. I've just never had the opportunity, except for the one you sent me. Now, again, not to like skim over the the actual fragrance stuff and talk about the people but 
I think that guy, uh, Justin, the, um, the, the trumpet guy, I don't even know what his name, I think he's changed his name recently on YouTube. Um, but that guy is just like, everything about him is like, it's like butter. His, his voice is like complex. He's just a beautiful man, isn't he? <laughs> don't you think? Um, well, he's certainly he's certainly uh, very handsome. I, I, to be honest, I oh, don't follow I mean, his YouTube because I, I don't really use YouTube. I don't. I, I'm I'm an Instagram no. movie. Um, uh, true, true. I mean, I don't either. But like, I, I kind of you know, I, I sort of get the kind of appeal of of, of Justin him. Copeland. Um, by the way, uh, Stay Fresh Productions. Ah, there you go. Stay Fresh Productions. That's what he's called. So a lot of people that I'm like, oh, fuck YouTubers and stuff, I'm like, yeah, I quite like that guy, you know? I, I, I think he's all right. Um, so that was, I'm glad that that was the only one that you sent me to try, uh, but it was rubbish. Mm, no, it was. It <laughs> I was mean, not great. I, d- I didn't like it at all. It was just like dull as dishwater. And I was like, what a shame, because, you know, it's supposed to be this kind of jazz, like jazz mm. is supposed to be like, well, I don't know if he, I think he does play jazz, doesn't he? But um it, it's supposed to be this kind of like improvised you know like cool sort of thing and like it might be like exciting and stuff but it just wasn't it, was it, it was i thought it shit. smelled pleasant it just was so thin you know so so thin yeah. and watery on me that uh, i mean it may as well not have existed um which is a real shame um the other thing is um i do recall I mean, everybody I've spoken to said that, you know, it's really very, very thin and doesn't last. But I do recall seeing him commenting about how it's absolutely huge and beastly on him, which just like, mm. I can't really believe that. I, You know, I'm not saying he's a liar. No. I just I, I just don't believe it. So um, but anyway, right. Let's not uh, let's not uh, uh, go backwards because, um, you know, I think we've broadly said good things about George and his fragrances so so sorry ben did you just wear those um zaharoffs like all week to be honest i didn't wear a lot more than that because i sat in the dan i wore a lot of this this week which is absolute fucking trash um, oh, what, what, what is this for the people who don't have the ability are we actually gonna do this on the podcast yeah why not yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. On, for the people it. who can't see your 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 smiling face holding okay. up whatever it is Tell us about it. So this, this is a Milton Lloyd America Sport. Who? Milton Lloyd, established 1975. Uh, wow. And this, that, uh, this cost me a grand total of £5.35 delivered, delivered to my house. Uh, so which, f- what, how much was the postage then? Sort of £4.85 of that. Probably. So, so this is basically a 50p <laughs> Yeah, so about a penny <laughs> per meal, because it is only 50 mil, so, you know, it's about uh, a penny per meal. Um, and it's a, a clone of um, the Cosmia-era Ralph Lauren Polo Sport. Um, yeah. I, and it's, I te- for what I, to give it, like, its credit, it's incredibly tenacious and very strong, which is the problem, obviously, everyone has with the reformulation of the mm. luxury fragrance version of Polo Sport, is that mm. it, it's piss weak. So it is incredibly strong. The problem it has is you don't want it to be incredibly strong because it smells like cat's piss. It is awful. It's so cheap. But that said, it nails Polo Sport, just a very cheap version of Polo Sport, Mm. but it it instantly brings to mind Polo Sport, which means it kind of achieves what it's setting out to do. It just does it in a very cheap way. About two or three hours in, once that it's kind of calmed down a little bit and you can't smell the... Like just how cheap it actually is. It smells decent. It takes- so it lasts really long, but it smells really 
cheap. I'm sort of reminded yes. of the joke, the food in this restaurant is terrible. And such small portions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's um, it's a trade-off. It's a trade-off, though, isn't it? It's, you know? it's quite terrible, yeah. Um, but the fact that about two or three hours in, it actually yeah, it smells decent. It smells bang-on like polo sport, and it will last if you, you want, all day long. Yeah, if you want polo sport, my advice um, is get... Um, polo sport. Well, po- yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, you could probably do that because it's probably not so pricey, even even vintage formulation. But it's about fifty pound vintage, um, which is not, you know, it's not bad. Well, you can get Aquacorum, Aquacorum for about twelve pounds, I think. Um, and Aquacorum is a dead ringer for a vintage polo sport for me. Made by the same guy. Um, is that right? Same perfumer. Is. Same perfumer. Wow. So he made it about a year later, I think. So. Um, oh, well, there you go. That's why it smells the same. Probably exactly the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I, I, I think um, it's funny because, I mean, we're of a similar age, I think. So I think our sort of formative years were those kind of 90s-like things. And I'll be honest, I don't remember... Uh, I don't really remember what polo sport smells like. And I'm pretty good at remembering what things i haven't smelled for ages smell like because when i do finally revisit them i'm like yeah i mean i know you need that instant sort of connection or whatever but i think sometimes i can you know recall them even without that but couldn't it's so hazy now it's like you know i can't i can't remember what it what it was really like i i had it you know and i wore it for like years you know it was uh one of those things that everybody had wasn't it yes Mm. it's um to, to to sort of maybe like bridge into our next subject it's um uh, 90s aquatic bastardizations of the Shepra um genre uh, in the yeah. sense that it's you know it, it starts off with this big citric kind of shower gel blast and then it dries down into a very musky cream quite yes. quite vanilla creamy musk um it, it- it, it absolutely is the definition of shower gel, kind of at the top, though. Um, yes, and, yeah. and I think it's what would what would pass for a, a blue fragrance in in this day and age. Um, right. So um, it was Ben's turn to foreshadow our uh, part two this week. Um, we will, of course, be talking about what on earth is a sheepra anyway. Um, so, uh, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Let's let's not rush it. The wonderful James. What have you been wearing you're this week? Accept that, James. That you're wonderful. Yeah, thanks, thanks, babe. Um, so <laughs> basically, um, I've been wearing Comme des Garçons Rouge, um, which I've probably been put off forever because I was actually uh, in A and E two weeks ago on Yikes. Monday, which wasn't very nice. Uh, but anyway, we won't we won't go into that too much. Um, and then uh, Zenya Uomo, uh, GOF Trumper, Spanish leather cologne. Um, Givenchy Play Intense, uh, Halston Amber Woman, um, Hermes Bellamy, Perfuma H Tobacco, uh, Serge Luton's uh, Santal Majuscule, uh, Moubasson Homme, uh, uh, Etat Libre Drange, uh, La, La Fin du Monde. Oh, yeah. I think we've spoken <laughs> about that one before, uh, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, we've done that one. Um, uh, Frederick Mal Monsieur, mm-hmm. uh, Amouage Silver Oud, uh, Gossier U, and today I'm wearing this uh, because we were talking about Shepras apparently, so I'm wearing an Anteus 
by Chanel. Nice. Well, a uh, couple of uh, observations on some of those. Antaeus um, was what I bought my dad uh, for his birthday a couple of years ago because I think I mentioned before he's always worn Kouros. And for me, Antaeus was very much Chanel's response to Kouros. Um, and I thought mm-hmm. you might enjoy that for a change. And, and indeed, he seemed to. Um, a few other things jumped out at me. Zenya Uomo. Um, I have to say, big fan generally of Zenya. I think they are super underrated as as perfumes. Um, I've got some of the elements of Man Range, which are really good. Um, but I don't think I've actually ever tried Uomo. Um, how is it? It's good. It's a kind of uh, sort of violet, uh, kind of spectery, spooky violet perfume for men sort of dry and woody very simple uh but very nice and i kind of made the point in my sort of iron kind of rich violet-ish like perfumes out there for men uh that were you know i mean some people don't really like that but they can either go a bit sweet or very not sweet and kind of like dry like sugar paper or something so they kind of go with the woody the wet woody notes or the dry woody notes or the sweeter palmer violet east side of things so i thought it was quite an interesting that now there's just not really any i know you can still get this uomo probably mm. but uh, there doesn't seem to be any new violet sort of perfumes for men but it's quite a an obvious floral for a mm. men's perfume yeah. for a designer really what was the ysl one that it was similar to can you remember it was called libra i think it's a hom you know the hom uh, it's a hom flanker okay so you know uh yves Saint Laurent hom uh yeah. or Le, l'homme sorry uh Le, right yeah yeah it's called like uh Le, libra something libra cologne there's one and then there's another one just called libra oh, okay. maybe so. cool okay um holston amber woman tell me about that one it's a woman's amber perfume kind of floral i think it's got like a ylang type like exotic whatever you want to call it sort of floral note to it mm. um and it's very very good it's very strong you've got to you've got to be uh very sort of uh, at home with wearing like women's perfume whatever you want to call that um because it's quite it's quite feminine mm. it, sometimes i'm like no that's too feminine for me i don't want to wear it which you know sort of flies in the face of what we've always said about you know we don't have those kind of boundaries but i i sort of do kind of personally with individual perfumes and i think that's fine to do mm. but then sometimes i'll just have one that's so outrageously feminine and i know it is but I'm just like I don't care. I just love it. Well, <laughs> you know? I, I, mean, um, I have yeah. to say, on and 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 I'm sure we'll do at some point an episode on on that whole gender in fragrance yeah. debate. But um, I guess my take on it is I do sort of see some fragrances as being quite overtly male or overtly female. Um, the thing that I would always urge people to bear in mind is that the marketing is simply marketing. So just because it says it's masculine or feminine on the box doesn't mean that that is correct. I think there's plenty of um, fragrances which, um, you know, I would just argue are broadly branded incorrectly. Um, I, I do sort of see gender, as it were, uh, in fragrance. I definitely have the concept of feminine and masculine, um, although, you know, don't ask me to nail them down too hard. Um, but, you know, I guess the concern is always 
don't just read what's on the box. Um, my 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 issue is more with the phrase there that you've just brought up, which a certain Instagrammer kind of used as a sort of mantra. Um, the less we say about him, the better. Um, that it's basically uh, I I don't see gender in fragrance or something like that, which I don't agree with. I think there's nothing wrong with seeing gender. In oh, fragrance. completely, completely. Um, but it's it's how you sort of react to that and go. Like sometimes I want to be a kind of I want to smell like you know a sort of power suited woman from the eighties with massive shoulder pads. Do you, well, know, do you that, know what I mean? That is how um, I like to think of you, James. Right. Okay. Well, um, I've very much enjoyed listening to both of your lists. Um, I will just throw a few out there that I've been wearing. Um, I got sent for review the new Al Haramain Musk series. Um, and so I've worn all four of those. I saw your picture of those. Yeah, they're nice. Pretty colourful bottles. One of them I really liked, um, which I think actually... Um, I don't know whether it's branded uh, masculine or feminine. If I was in charge of branding, I would probably brand it feminine because it's very soft, powdery, um, or, or, uh, like a sort of talky sort of... Um, uh, musk, you know that that sort of very clean, just had bath powder kind of thing going on. Um, I would probably brand it as feminine, but by the same token, I actually really like it. Um, and then there was a couple which were a bit, uh, and then one which was quite sort of solid, um, sort of ambery musk, which I, I actually really enjoyed. And they're quite good value, I'd say as well. You know, they're not they're not silly. They're not amazing. None of them are amazing, but they're certainly not bad. Um, I was also sent a bottle of fur, fur, faux, fur patchouli, uh, which is a Bertrand Duchefort uh, for a house called Maison Ribacci. Um, now, Maison Ribacci sounds somewhat improbable to me. Um, however, well, yeah, no, completely improbable. My, my expectations were quite low, but actually it's bloody great i really like it and it's sort of um it's a sort of it's quite middle of the road patchouli it's not kind of damp and chewy it's not dry and you know parchmenty it's it's smack down the middle um and it sort of reminded me a little bit of of uh yves saint laurent tuxedo which i really like um and also uh whisper it quietly but balenciaga pour homme um and uh, yeah which is you know that is Serious status perfume, that one. Praise indeed. Yeah, yeah I, it, I mean, it doesn't smell like it. It's not a clone or anything, but it does evoke a very similar sort of sense to me. Um, and I think it's 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 really good. Um, I don't know whether, by the way, whether Duchefort did uh, Balenciaga Pour Homme. I have no idea who composed it. I absolutely love, love Balenciaga Pour Homme. It's, it's yeah, like one of my too. sort of all-time grail fragrances. Gerard Anthony. Ah, oh, there you go. Oh, okay. It's not even a name I, I know. But uh, thank you for looking that up. Uh, but this Maison Ribacci Fur Patchouli is, is really... Uh, it's, it's a strong one, I would say. Uh, a str- not strong sort of beast, but like strong as in just really good quality. I really enjoyed it. I've also seen some reviews that are less enthusiastic. So right. for balance, you know, don't just believe me. Probably check out some other reviews. And I'll, I'll I do maybe... I do believe you. Um, well, well I, I'll send you a sample, see whether you still believe me. Um, just to sort of tie back to some of the things that I've been wearing, speaking about something evoking... Uh, an old classic like a uh, Balenciaga Pour Homme. Mm. Uh, the the uh, 
Perfuma H uh, tobacco that I wore. Oh yeah, um, that I got a sample of was was absolutely fantastic. I mean, Perfumer H is Lynn Harris, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I've mentioned her in previous weeks. Um, uh, but the tobacco one really does evoke. Um, it, what I said, I think, in my in my review was like, it's like uh, you've discovered a kind of completely lesser known um, Italian brand because they're usually Italian. Like, mm. let's just make Sergio Barini. Let's just make something up, <laughs> that, right? And you go, what the hell is this? Like, I've never heard of this. It's from the eighties, and you smell it, and you go, oh my god, it's you know, it's amazing. Uh, that's what it kind of it, it sort of reminds me of right. this fantasy perfume that doesn't exist. But you know what I mean. There's loads of these kind of Italian like <laughs> ones that were Sergio Barini. I I think I've got a suit by Sergio Barini. It doesn't fit. Yeah, uh, and the trousers are very <laughs> shiny. Um, well, if he made an '80s um, powerhouse, it'd probably be really good. Yeah. So it re- it reminds me of that, and like it's kind of like for people who like vintage perfume, but want some intact top notes and some nice it's not like hugely like powerful or anything but it's just and it's nothing particularly like i mean it reminds me a little bit in category wise you put it in with bellamy you might put it in with like um something like caron yatagan perhaps just that kind of leathery but not too not too much sort of aromatic but slightly leathery Mm. men's business uh it's very very nice now of course, if you buy those Perfumer H's, you've got to get the hand-blown bottle, haven't you? The, 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 I, I've the... seen them. They look great. And and the, the, the thing about Lynn Harris as well is she seems to have a kind of almost kind of cult-like status. You know, the people who are yeah. into Lynn Harris. Um, so there's a guy called... Um, Dan, uh, not me, Dan, uh, Dan Roberts, who um, I think he posts on Instagram as Christ the Perfumer, which is an interesting name. Um, But he is absolutely obsessed uh, with Lynn Harris, and I think we'll we'll just buy anything that she's had her hands in regardless, um, because... You know, he just sort of loves the, her work, and and there seems to be yeah. quite a few people who are like that about her. I've actually tried Precious Few, so I can't really comment, um, and I'm I'm sort of reluctant to get into a rabbit hole like that. Um, but worth checking out, I think, uh, based on your recommendation there. Sure, but I'd like to say I'm kind of a bit reluctant because I wouldn't buy the normal bottles about two hundred quid. You know, if you just get the normal, mm. but why would you do that? You know, if you're going to get that brand. This is where we're coming all the way back to, you know, um, the, to episode one and talking about things being worth whatever. Um, that adds value for me to the point where I'd pay twice as much for that mm. funky bottle because... Uh, just two more to throw at you of what I've been wearing this week because uh, there's always, there's kind of dozens going on behind the scenes. But um, uh, the new um, uh, Louboutin Luby Luna... Uh, which is a quite outrageous looking. Yeah, no. Say that yeah, fast. No good. Uh, he he of uh, a red shoe, uh, red heel, uh, red heel, red soled shoe sort of fame. Um, and this is a unisex uh, one. It's got uh, what appears to be a massive kind of rose gold owl on the cap. It's it's tacky as a but it actually uh it smells great it, it is basically santel 33 with a fig oh i uh, see i don't like santel 33 particularly um because i find it a bit dreary 
Um, but with the fig note uh, that, that, that is done here, it seems to really uh, elevate the whole composition. I actually really like it. I have to say, I'm a big fan of a good fig note, like a well-done fig. I can, I, can, mm. I can jive with that all day. I've got a good fig perfume that I've made, and I don't, uh, I don't usually um, toot my own horn like that. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, f- I feel as though it's pretty. It's all right. Do you know what I mean? It's not. It's not anywhere near like finished. Well. And I'm a bit of one of those that it, maybe it never will be. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's pretty. It's it's all like, right. Like you know? the Sagrada Familia in guys. Spain. It's just never quite finished. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know. Um, uh, What's the Guns and yeah, Roses so, album? Uh, democracy in China that took like 400 years to complete that that is your fig perfume send it to Ben and I we will tell you if it's good we will be honest as you know cool um okay all right so one more I want to just throw out there because I've 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 had a, a slightly up and down relationship with this one I still can't decide whether I love it don't particularly care for it or am sort of ambivalent um and um it is Hayari, um, only for him. Um, so Hayari is a sort of uh, French fashion house that specialise in um, wedding dresses, I think. Um, and uh, only for him is actually a Cecile Zorokian. Uh, apologies to Cecile if I've just butchered your surname. Um, but uh, it's a Cecile Zorokian sort of... Um, amber woody cedary oak moss thing it's very traditionally masculine no citrus uh or anything at the top just pure um i really like it really like it i think uh still haven't made my mind up maybe i hate it i don't know anyway i wore (laughs) i wore it and i really enjoyed it while i wore it so in terms of the news then um i'm excited to learn that there is a new ted hermes flanker called uh, Terre au givre, givre again, my amazing French. Um, I looked it up earlier and apparently it means frozen, so pretty sure that's going to be good because, um, although I don't know the notes, um, what I do know is that there's not been a poor flanker yet to Terre de Hermes, and Terre de Hermes itself is an absolute classic fragrance uh you're right there in that and i'm glad you agree with that that there hasn't been a bad uh ted Hermes flanker because there hasn't really been that many has there no um there was I the intense the o- the vetiver. oh sorry go on well there was the intense vetiver uh the ofresh as you just said actually i should say that i stole that line from you anyway because you said that on our whatsapp earlier this week you said something like there's not been a bad flanker yet and i thought you know what he's right but but as I got in there first, it's my line now. Okay, okay, sorry, just to, uh, yeah, claw, claw that one back. No, but you're right. You're totally right about that. Um, it's a very good point, well made. And uh, <laughs> I think... If only I'd thought of it. <laughs> I know, I know. But this is the thing. So the the Eau Fraiche is really, is really good. I mean, it. I think it's discontinued because it's not on the MS website because I, that I checked right? that out. Yeah, so I've got a little bottle of it, but I think I think they only do like the two hundred mil in like discounters and stuff, and it's still reasonably expensive for what it is. But it's very nice. the The other flank that came out is kind of like, yeah, it's all right. I mean, it's not it's not great, but the facts are that they haven't sort of really hammered it with loads of flankers and ruined it by going having loads of shit ones or like a blue 
you know, tear de bleu or something. Um, they haven't bothered doing any of that, so good for Hermes. Tear de bleu. And, yeah, and this would be good, you know. I, I'm sure it will be. Uh, I'm expecting Frozen, maybe it'll have those kind of, yeah, like a cooler <laughs> vibe. Maybe uh might be a bit sort of minty or, I, I, I don't know, I don't know, grapefruit. Well, actually, are the notes for it, Dan? Yeah, yeah. So I've I've just I've taken the trouble of looking them up, um, and the top note is citron, uh, heart of juniper berries and Sichuan pepper, and then a base of wood and mineral notes, which seems like a sort of reasonably pared down uh, list. But I think the addition of um, juniper berries and Sichuan pepper to the uh, Terre de Hermes can probably only be a good thing. And and it is still by uh, Christine Nargel. And um, she uh, she did the um, intense vetiver flanker as well um, and is now the sort of in-house perfumer at Hermes. Uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty excited about this. I think that should be a good one. Um, fingers crossed they don't uh, ruin the uh, Terre de Hermes line. Uh, I am very excited about it because I, like, Ted Hermes, I've got a very special place in my heart for. I got it when it first came out, and it's pretty much what sent me down the niche rabbit hole. With mm. I, I, I realised that, like, I got, I, I liked vetiver from that fragrance, and that's what kind of sent me on, you know, looking for vetiver fragrances. So I'm really excited about it. I have to say, I had some reservations because Christiane, Christina Nigel's fragrances that she's made in the past that have those mineral notes i haven't particularly liked and i think she's got a bit of a tendency for making these quite um like salty sharp glassy like mineral notes that i that don't sit well with me um yeah where it was really apparent i think was in um the jardin line she did the very last of the jardin lines to say the um Un jardin sur la lagune. That's it. Un jardin sur la lagune, she did. And it it's really apparent in that. And it's not a pleasant fragrance. Oh, same in age 24, actually. Um, I think I'm now talking myself into being a little bit concerned about this release. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be terrible. Oh, God. I'm not excited. This can only yeah. be bad. Well, we have um, to keep with tradition because so far we've pretty much come away from every release saying yeah. we're not excited or, or, or the problem well. the problem is that she's had a hard act to follow in the fact absolutely that, uh it, it, elena had some like amazing like the transparency of his fragrances is so like it's so signature of of his and i'm not don't get me wrong there's still stuff that he's done that it's like meh you know it's it's kind of whatever but she has made some really sort of bad stuff for Hermes. And funnily enough, I just did a Bellamy um, uh, review. I'm, I'm a few weeks behind with my reviews on uh, Instagram. But I did one uh, saying that I basically love everything from Hermes, pretty much. They're really solid, really good. You pretty much know where you stand. I love Ted Hermes. Uh, and I, I, I love, like, most, you know, equipage and all the, the whole, the, everything right, except for some of the recent ones that she's done. And again, I don't mean to sort of demonise her because I know she's got very good perfumes in there. Um, But have we really seen, has she really stamped her authority onto that job of being the in-house perfumer? Uh, And it's a hard act to follow, like I say, but 
uh, she's always capable. Now, if we're talking H24 and concerns about uh, it being in in that vein or having to, maybe it might be, um, but that would be too much of a departure from Ted Hermes. And I mm. don't think to date they haven't done it. So let's, fingers crossed, they, they won't. No, I, 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 yeah, I sort of agree, and I remain excited for this, but um, I do, I suppose, worry a little bit. Um, and just for uh, you know, anyone who who perhaps uh, isn't quite as uh, uh, on it as uh, James, when James talks about Elena, he's talking about Jean Claude Elena, who was the in-house perfumer uh, at Hermes before Christine Nigel. I would agree, like, like you know, that um, it's a tough act to follow. I would say it's one of the toughest in perfumery. He, for me, like Hermes and his era, Hermes is probably the, the best, uh, you know, designer perfumes that I, I could even think. Like, it's the, the strongest designer house that I can think mm. of. Mm. Um, you know, it's just hit after hit, every single one. Hit after hit, making MCs quit. We are going to have to. Uh, we're going to have to come back to that one. Um, we are definitely going to have to come back to which is the best designer house um, and who is the best uh, steward of uh, said house. Uh, and also, we can have a debate about the word house itself, which I know has been uh, uh, pissing James off this week. Um, <laughs> but anyway, right, none of that is for today. Um, I think I'm going to wrap us up here, if that's okay, for part one. So uh, thanks, everyone, for being with us. Stay with us for part two. Welcome back to part two of Les Odorants. Thanks for sticking with us. So this episode, we are going to be talking about Sheepras. Um, so uh, I actually did not know exactly how a Sheepra was defined. I sort of have a vague sense of Sheepra because I own quite a few perfumes that I know are Sheepras. So I've got a sort of vague sense of it, but I never stopped and sort of looked up, well, what exactly does this mean? Um, and I thought it would be a good conversation to have. Um, and I, I just brought up here the Perfume Society, um, a very useful page. Um, but first of all, uh, first thing to know is that it's from the French for Cyprus, uh, not the Cyprus tree, but the actual place, Cyprus. Um, or Cypress Hill. Cypress Hill, yeah, no, different, yeah, Cypress Tree and Cypress Hill, same. Different kind of green. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, stoner hip-hop. Um, and Cypress, the place, uh, is is what uh, gives uh, the Sheepra its name. Um, and uh, uh, the Sheepras are, are generally warm and dry and tend to be built around a woody, mossy accord, um, and they tend to have a few things which are standard. So bergamot, oak moss, patchouli, and labdanum. Um, so labdanum is... Um, from the cistus uh, plants or rock rose. Um, side note, uh, I had a perfume by uh, Clive Christian a while back uh, called Rock Rose, and I remember thinking, this doesn't smell like rose at all. And I looked it up, and lo and behold, Rock Rose, nothing to do with rose. So um, it was correctly named, and I'd failed to understand the naming. So Rock Rose, 
fuck, fuck all to do with Rose. Um, anyway, yeah, so bergamot, oak moss, patchouli, and labdanum. Um, and uh, then they tend to sort of uh, throw it off in various directions, either floral or more woody. Um, and, uh, you know, that is basically it. Um, for me, oak moss has always been the thing that uh, seems to characterise sheepers, mostly. Um, but then, you know, oak moss is present in all sorts of other things. So uh, how do we separate this? Um, James... Sheepers. Do you have some sheepers or things you know to be sheepers? And, and, you know, what do you make of that definition? Yes, I do. It's a very broad strokes. I mean, you can say anything about, uh, you know, any genre being sort of broad strokes these days. Uh, a fougere is very much mm. outside of what I would consider to be the classic fougere. And even more so with a sheepra. I mean, you know the 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 amount of things that get called sheepers now my personal on on an absolutely just to break it completely down crystallize it let's let's go is that i think that if there's an ele- if there's elements to a perfume that i like it kind of makes it a sheeper now that sounds kind of ridiculous but i i do tend to like nicely uh fresh uh citrus top notes I like a mossy element to any perfume. If it's too sweet, the moss kind of like tempers that. Uh, mossy stuff in any perfume is nice. Mm. Um, and then labdanum, which is probably my favorite material, talking about sisters plants. I love uh, the smell of fresh uh, labdanum uh, in the summertime. Obviously only, you know, really around in the summertime uh, in the UK because it's uh, native to the Mediterranean and places like that. So if you smell it on the breeze it's it's stunning i mean i love i love <laughs> i love labdanum um but i've kind of i understand that it has its place in a perfume if there's too much or there's an animalic labdanum or there's different kinds of labdanum that i i don't necessarily like but in a sheeper context and when it's used as almost like a catalyst or a, a a central kind of note of the of the perfume but it's not it's not leaning on it in any way. It doesn't overtly smell like labdanum or resins or whatever, but it, it's a beautiful material that, that is utilised mm. in loads of perfumes that I love. So that that is what I kind of think that if 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 I like it and it has, it ticks lots of boxes, which also happen to be uh, Sheepra elements, then I would say it's a Sheepra. Now, do I own any Sheepras? I would consider uh, this, which is uh, Abbey Rouge. Uh, this is the Eau de Toilette by uh, Golan, mm-hmm. I would consider that, although some people say, oh, it's a very rosy whatever. Now, the whole thing about Shepra is that it's a construct. It's a it's a starting off point. It's a jumping off point for your formula has to tick these boxes. It has to contain these things. But then the actual theme of it is either going to be, is it a woody Shepra? Is it a floral Shepra? Is it a rose Shepra? Is it a white floral There's all different kinds. And that's where it's it's extremely broad to mm. discuss it in in those sort of terms but i think if you think of it like that it's a construct um that that other things are kind of uh, be, are based off then that's the best way to sort of consider a sheepra now i would say it probably has to have a floral element uh to uh, and and maybe yeah the patchouli and stuff like that but again patchouli brings a mossy element to fragrances especially now you know oak moss is restricted and and whatever um but so anyway classic sheepers mm. what do i think of uh classic sheepers now sorry also the labdanum element could be 
Uh, it could come from woods or ambergris or patchouli, again, all having similar qualities to, to labdanum or being um, complementary to, to labdanum. So um, uh, just to say, yeah, basically, I think the original uh, Shepra is Cotty's Shepra, right? Yeah. From like the 1920s or whatever. That was the one because it was called Shepra. That was the first one that kind of evoked, right, let's make a fragrance of, about Cyprus, right? Um, uh, and I think subsequently, Mitsuko is probably the most well-known Shepra, mm. I would say. Mm. Uh, from from Golan, uh, which is a kind of powdery sort of thing. Then I'd say there's there's lighter variations like Kalesh, which uh, is again coming back to Hermes, uh, which is a more powdery. I, I again I'd say those kind of apricot sort of notes as well, uh, evocative of Shepra. So really, it's a hell of a broad church, as I say. It's a it's actually a really interesting point you make about um, the breadth of it because I think if people say something like um, barbershop fougere or aromatic fougere i know within sort of a degree or two uh what this thing is likely to smell like right it it sort of gives you you know it's not it's still a range but i mean it's a much narrower range than shepra i mean you mentioned mitsuko there um I, i looked up a couple of the fragrances that i've got um uh uh another golan derby uh is a shepra um and and those two could not be more different, frankly, in in, in my view. Uh, Derby for me is much more about uh, leather. But then I've got um, I've got one uh, by a brand called Les Indemodables called Sheepra Azural, um, which yeah. basically just smells of oranges. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's 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 such an incredibly wide uh, genre, as, as you say. It's sort of like saying. Oh look, you've got you've got the same perfume. Oh, is that is that? Uh, it's no, the rose one. It's the rose. That's one. the rose. Yeah, I would say that's a Shepra as well. Yeah, to, I'm, yeah. I'm sure. I could I can believe it entirely. Um, mm-hmm. But it's sort of it's a bit like saying so. Saying a fragrance is a Shepra seems to me a a bit like describing. Uh, you know, a, a, a thing with four wheels as a car. You know, it's like uh, yeah. it, it, it. It's just a sort of high level label that you apply to it. Um, you know, a Fiat Cinquecento and a Rolls Royce are both cars. They could not be more mm-hmm. different as cars, yeah. but yet they're still both cars. And in the same way that that Sheepa seems to have this incredible breadth of definition um uh, ben in terms of cheapers where what do you own i mean like like james was saying there i think it, in, at risk of being pedantic as well um the coty one was like 1917 which is incredibly early and misoko was the 20s and i think interestingly like within 10 years there they've already uh introduced like fruity sheepers right like so instantly you've they're, they're introducing an entire subgenre within like 10 years of it being a thing well so, I, i've never tried the the cotty cheaper to be honest nor, nor have um, i and, and when you suggested i buy it and send you uh, a decan <laughs> I, I was like all right quick quick dan to ebay let's have a look oh fuck quick dan close ebay <laughs> you're not doing that <laughs> uh, for me um a cheaper is i it, it i'm first and foremost i think of something very classical smelling and usually quite floral and i would say the two sheepers that i really own that i would sort of categorize like without a doubt without kind of thinking t- 
too much deeply on it as Sheepras are Bogue, uh, Mai, uh, so Bogue Perfumery, a uh, perfume called Mai, um, mm. which is um, a very like tuberose sort of floral, um, but but definitely classical Sheepra in its construction. Um, and the other one would be uh, Sheepra de Nord by Bortnikoff, um, uh, which again is, is very classical Oof. in its construction. Um, Oof. I, I tried the Bortnikoff one, not my uh, uh, cup of tea, I'm afraid. Oh, really? I th- I would have thought you'd be into that, actually. No, it, it, it didn't. It did not quite do it for me, if I'm honest. It was, uh, okay. uh, yeah, I, I think as much as I sort of appreciate the Bortnikoff kind of uh, creativity, um, I have struggled with most of the Bortnikoff offerings. Um, I think I'm just a little bit too basic in my... Uh, tastes um, for a lot of these things. It has a very like uh, like Uranus kind of pissy note that runs right. Uranus, like pretty strong, pretty strong <laughs> vibe of that. Which I what like. a great um, word, Uranus. Have you ever tried the other one though, Bogue Mai? Uh, uh, no, I have not. I don't think I've tried one of the Bogues, but I think it was Mem, perhaps. Yes, uh, yeah, that's is that did, sort yeah. of more lavendery sort of thing? That's right. Um, yeah, they're both incredible perfumes. I mean, Mai is. I mean, I'm going to go against everything by saying that I sold my bottle of Mai recently. <laughs> But I... It's amazing, it's amazing. I've sold it. And I appreciate it makes it sound like I didn't like it, but I loved it. I just never wore it because it was so classical. It was so... Mm. It it made you smell like a 1920s flapper. Um, And I I loved that about it, actually. That was what I enjoyed about it, but I just didn't really want to feel like a 1920s flapper that often. Um, I think think the the only one that I have tried is my from Bogue. Oh, no, tell a lie. I tried that Freddie Albrighton one that's not actually by Freddie Albrighton. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, the the limited uh, edition one. Yeah, um, so they're the only two that I've really tried. And my, I was very impressed with it uh, in terms of, like, I I knew that would be a perfume you liked because it's it's very, it's animalic, uh, certainly. Um, But, yeah, with that really big sort of floral uh, element. And I think if you're looking for a real perfume lover's perfume, my is like, you know, look, look no further. So, mm. um, yeah, surprised to hear that you've sold it. It's got Ben written all over it, really, hasn't it? Um, I mean, I've not tried it, but uh, as I say, the, the other one that I did try and my understanding of the house is that it's very, very artisanal type stuff. And, uh, uh, you know... <laughs> When you look at my perfume collection, you'll sort of go, "Oh yeah, no, this guy's definitely not going to like anything by Bogue." But he the- has a, a very eccentric, like complex, heavy style. That guy. Mm, yeah, but but they're, they're to me they're they're the two that um sort of that that's that's my kind of imagination of a of a sheepra. Like when I when I think sheepra, I don't necessarily think a lot of like the more modern sheepras. You know, like um like sort of noir de noir and things like that like i don't really consider that a sheep i can i think my my mind instantly goes towards both my like that kind of thing that very like vintage aldehylic kind of uh huge floral opening with a very mossy base um mm. usually a bit animalic like that that's just what my mind goes to um but like i say like like, like we've all kind of pointed out now is like the, the 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 genre is hugely wide and it's it's essentially an un- umbrella term for all sorts because like say like mitsoko came out with the kind of fruity version and then you had like woody version and then and as the years go by you know 
I'm sure we'll come to it, and and I've sort of mentioned it with the polo sport earlier, the '90s bastardization of like mm. the aquatics that that are, yeah, but absolutely bear no resemblance to anything that came before it. But absolutely. if you look at the construction, they are typically a, a traditional, you know, they're constructed traditionally like a sheepra. So um, on, on that, sorry to cut across you there, James, but just on that, I did um, the uh, Scent Geeks podcast a while back and we talked about sheepras and... Um, <laughs> you can't boo the competition. They don't even oh, make, yeah, make dead a, now, aren't they? They they're don't even make that podcast anymore. <laughs> I enjoyed it. They good boys. Anyway, um we talked about Sheepers briefly on one of the episodes and uh, Chris I think pointed out that CK1 was a Sheepra. And I was thinking, what the fuck? I cannot connect CK1 to Mitsuko in any way. There is no lineage that connects those two things that I can see. What is it that I'm missing there? So precisely, there is, they're completely different perfumes, but if you look at the traditional construction, it's citrus on the top and it's musky in the base, and in between there, there's white florals. Um, it's essentially, if you look at it on, at its very fundamental foundational kind of construction a sheepra but it's absolutely nothing like it is it it's that, and that sort of goes to show you how broad a church it really is i guess mm. well i i think all perfumes um certainly even things like uh ck1 which i've actually got here um in a quite a funky bottle actually i know it's a podcast and no one can see but you guys can see oh no that's nice James, have you got massive hands or is that a very small bottle or both? Sorry to disappoint you. My hands are average. <laughs> average. So, so, my, so my missus tells me. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, basically, um, ba- basically, this is also, I look at, look at this for big fucking hands. <laughs> wow. What is that? That's like, <laughs> that is a thousand mil. <laughs> yeah. That's a litre. So of James, Eau Sauvage. So yeah. James is currently showing us what I, I assume is a five mil vintage mini of Eau Sauvage. Um, uh, but, it's ten, I think it's 10 mil. Oh, wow. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, it's 10 mil, I think. Nice. Something like that. Is Eau Sauvage any, a Sheepra? Yes. Really? Absolutely. Absolutely. For God's sake, I don't understand this genre at all. What would you categorise it as a fougère? Uh, so Eau Sauvage, to me, yes, I would. I would say that that is a citrusy fougère. No. no. I mean, okay. I, the one thing that a fougère really should have... Lavender. Right, and it, this is where there's a bastardization of the... Sheepra is just a huge, broad genre that mm. allows for loads of this. I would say fougère is quite a restrictive one because... To me, if it doesn't have a hay like coumarin, coumarin is a is a, a prerequisite for uh, a fougère, right? So you have to have that creamy, like even if you think of barbershop as being, let's say you think of it as being like Derby, right? Hmm. Uh, that you would go, oh, that's okay, because fougère was sort of broadened, and, and this is where all the genres sort of overlap and fuck and different like mutants come out, hmm. and the whole point is. This is the key question in this. And, you know, I hate to kind of hijack our general Sheepra discussion, but do fragrance genres really matter or do they inform you? Do they do they let you know? Like you're saying, oh, if I know it's a woody Sheepra, I'm going to... But you might go, no, this is not a Sheepra or this mm. is, you know, I think this is this. 
it's kind of useful in some sense, but also it kind of throws it all out the window and says, well, are these things really what they are? I mean, another one, this is actually a vintage bottle. God knows how old this is. This is probably from oh, like beauty. the 90s. Issy yeah. um, Miyaki Poor Hom. Yes, it's uh, yeah, low dizzy. Oh, low dizzy. Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, and I think I think also from just making perfume as well. If you look at the uh, the the uh, formulas that are knocking around for that people have done, you know, um, GCMS, uh, uh, you know, analysed CK one and things like low dizzy, you would be very surprised how much how complex those formulas mm. are because they seem really simple. But they still have loads of those classic elements of mossy materials, of patchouli, vetiver, all those things. They're like a kind of basis. So they're very they're very classic in some sense, even though, yes, there was the introduction of the cologne molecule and there was, mm. uh, you know, uh, this kind of uh, like um, melonial and stuff like that, which, you know, has this floral citrus, which all just boosts. Everything's really bright and, and citrusy and, and what have you. But... That's, again, just a style. It's just a kind of stylistic direction that the, the, the Sheepra went in during the 90s. So, that, I mean, I think that's super interesting. Uh, I mean, I know we're talking about Sheepras, but, um, you know, Fougere is a sort of, um, you know, I've placed most of my chips on Fougere as in, you know, that is a style that I tend to favour. Um, and I think you've just thrown it all out the bloody window for me because <laughs> um, actually for me, if I think about fougere, um, I think of the primary constituents as being a citrus top with lavender. For me, lavender is essential in a fougere and then yep. sandalwood somewhere. Um, and those are the bits that I think of as being kind of essential ingredients for how I believed it was defined now what you're telling me is i've probably got that definition wrong which is annoying well it's it's not i mean it whatever you want it to be right and i understand the sandalwood thing but it, it a woody base but i think I, my whole thing is no warmth no fougere for me mm. right so i would call things like uh maybe like pacariban like the, the the green one the poor armor whatever yep. it is i would call that more of a men's aromatic. So men's aromatic covers a multitude of sins because it's like that is a really broad term as so well. Because if, if it's got herbs in it, I, I, yeah, I, but like I say, there's no for me. There's no coumarin warmth in there. There's no hay. There's no tonka. There's no uh, coumarin. So for me, something that has a classic coumarin feel uh, is something like uh, Invasion Baba or. Which uh, I love. Any of those kind of... Yeah, exactly. So any of those kind of similar... Reef Gauche, for example. Yep. Not a fougere for me. What? Reef Gauche is... Okay, so in my in my <laughs> enfeebled brain, Reef Gauche is definitely a fougere. Um, I'm but... not saying there's no coumarin in it, but I'm saying it doesn't have enough warmth to to constitute being a fougere for me personally. Okay. I don't want to ruin your whole world view. Well, I think it's great. You, you, are, you love you are, you are, <laughs> I, I love Fougere. Dan, what's a Fougere? I don't know. Uh, yeah, well done. Well done. You've absolutely fucking... Honestly, mate, I've been doing this for like years and years and you've just ruined everything. Thanks for that. I'm, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dude. No, seriously, this is where perfumery is great and uh, everybody can have different opinions on it. And the fact is... If you want that to be the case, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil that for anybody. 
I think a really good point there, though, is 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 how like you know the genres are like so mashed up these days. Because again, another one that I mentioned a bit earlier that I mean I'll just put it to you guys: Would you say this is a sheepra? Noir de Noir by Tom Ford. Definitely a sheepra. Sheepra is not the first label I'd reach for. I mean, you could tell me it's a sheepra, and I will uh, you know willingly go along. But for me, Noir de Noir, if I remember it rightly, is mostly a rose fragrance. Or am I thinking about something it's else entirely? And woody, spicy kind of thing, which is... It's a rose and patchouli, is it? Yes. Uh, ro- rose gives a kind of... The, the thing is, some people, and somebody said this the other day, or loads of sheepras. I, I was on a chat, or I'd heard someone on a chat or something, saying, because um, obviously, you know, I'm obsessed with those, Dan. Uh, mm, obviously. <laughs> I heard... Yeah, I heard somebody say on somewhere that, oh, well, most cheapers have rose in, which is not true, uh, because like we've said, the only prerequisites are the ones that you've mentioned. However, lots of, there could be another subgenre of rose cheapers, hence the uh, Les Indemodables that I mentioned, which mm. was the uh, Rose Jamal. If it has that, that juxtaposition of uh, the rose against... Um, the patchouli which again patchouli gives a mossy effect sometimes and especially in that context Mm. um that i I think you there are a lot of rose perfumes that are that could be characterized as sheeper but that's not the same thing as oh load uh, you know uh, every every sheeper has to have rose in well, I've just looked up the notes for Noir de Noir because I'm interested uh, now. And, and I was right that there was patchouli and rose, um, which seems to be, you know, two of the bigger notes. Um, this is missing a citrus top, though, to make it uh, uh, meet the sort of definition of sheepra. The opening note is a saffron note. Yeah, according to what? Well, according to the definition, you know, we must have rules. Without rules, we are we we are just savages. So I, I'm just saying that just because something doesn't say it has citrus in it, doesn't mean there's not a citrus top note or something which gives the same effect as citrus. And, and that's also an interesting sort of uh, again where it forks off again is how is there that key point where you just said if it gives the same effect. And and so that again, like, allows the, the the genre to sort of further water down or, or expand, if you want, depending on how you want to look at it. Because yeah, you know, the, largely then that's where you get things like the the, the kind of bastardizations that that they, mm. in their construction at their foundation, if you look at them from like a conceptual perspective, they are sheepers, but. By no definition, by no definition, if you know what I mean. Mm, like, exactly. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so um, I want to sort of bring us uh, gently into uh, to land. Um, so I'm going to ask you both uh, what would be your favourite uh, sheepra. And whilst you're thinking about that, I'll share what I would consider to be my favourite sheepra. And I know I will get absolutely pilloried for this um, because it's probably not my favourite perfume. Um, it's probably not even my favourite perfume that meets some sort of uh, dictionary definition of Shepra. But actually, my favourite Shepra is Shepra Extraordinaire by Roger Dove, which is basically a very swanky, modern, upmarket riff on Mitsuko. I also love Mitsuko, um, but these are what you would consider, I suppose, very classically uh, oriented 
uh, uh, sheepers, uh, and and they meet my sort of middling narrow definition of sheepra with all the oak moss rather than some very broad uh, thing which which i guess we've talked about here well funnily enough my notes that i wrote actually start up with roger dub um, because i think he has a kind of fixation he often talks about his mom's perfumes and how you know that was a kind of uh it, it, you know inspiration for him um and obviously i think wearing um, mitsuko i think perhaps and obviously you know his background at Golan and stuff like that um but I think he has this fixation with Sheepra and that's why I like many of his perfumes now I know his line has broadened and gone far away from that but things like Diaghilev most of his like you know big sort of things and again I don't from memory I don't think that really smelled like Mitsuko people go oh it's a third rate in fact let's quote Luca Turin shall we uh, he no, said it was God, hard. Let's not. <laughs> well, again, I I I'm only doing this because I've had a, a discussion this week about Luca Turin, and I often joke about him. Uh, people say to me, "Oh, Luca Turin like this." Like if I slag something off, and I'll go, "Well, who are you going to believe? Uh, you know, uh, a guy who is you know uh, celebrated by uh, thousands of people in the fragrance community who's got loads of experience, tried thousands of perfumes there, or are you going to believe Luca Turin?" <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i mean well done, so, well done. <laughs> yeah you know yeah. So, anyway anyway uh, so 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 you roger dove um is, what you're going for a roger as one of your favorite sheepers are you, <laughs> you going to go for no. sheeper palatan no because i would say again um that sort of straddles the amber perfumes i would say as well yes it is a mm. sheeper it's got loads of the elements that make it sheeper and the intent was a sheeper. They called it sheeper. But no, I would actually probably go for uh, Rockus Femme. Oh, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I've got a vintage uh, bottle of that somewhere, uh, which is an amazing perfume. Um, there's 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 loads. There's like, um, what's the other one? Uh, Cabochard uh, Gris, um, which is another classic sort of uh, sheeper. But I'd probably say Rockus uh, Femme mm. is my favourite. Uh, just to uh, shout out my uh, scent of the day, uh, have I already mentioned this before? Yeah, yeah uh, we mentioned went, it at the top, but yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and, and Teus, which, uh, funnily enough, again, uh, I probably wouldn't have necessarily screamed from the rooftops that it's that it's a Sheepra, but I was talking to uh, a, a Portuguese uh, fellow the other day, and he you know, was going, this is like my favourite Sheepra or whatever, and I was like, okay, like... Uh, you know is that sheeper i don't know that's one of those where i'm kind of like it, it is I, it is yeah i don't even i don't even really understand anteus it's it used to have this like protruding like herbal weird like wormwood note or something that used to kind of i don't know like i like most of it like i like the kind of castorium like leathery sort of feel mm. but now like wearing it i've got a modern bottle and it just doesn't bother me anymore so i don't know what i was thinking uh, i then. think i think anteus has been toned down over the years um much like kuros i think to make it more definitely uh, more sort of socially acceptable palatable, palatable yeah. that's the word okay so uh so brilliant that's some good shouts from uh yourself james ben sheepers what are you going for my favorite i'm going for a favorite i'm gonna say um, zoologist hummingbird uh, oh really my favourite yeah which is uh, a fruity floral um, at its heart I suppose but if you look at the construction again it's like classically a sheep there's like 
it opens up with like a bit of a, a kind of citrus and fruits uh, and then it gets very syrupy in the middle but at the same time very floral um, and that has a wonderful kind of musky mossy base um, so you know you could say that's a sheep for by its construction and and I, it, and I really like it it's really nice it's very feminine it sounds um, good it's beautiful very feminine um but it's absolutely gorgeous lovely honey and floral sort of in the mids um, uh well honey is one of my danger notes um it's not a pussy honey so it's very yeah. um, it's it's much more um sweet and sort of thick and resinous um well and, it, yeah. and it's balanced quite well with like again it's got, it's got a pear in the top which is um sort of a quite a thin note in it so it kind of it doesn't allow it to get too thick and heavy so it remains mm. quite quite a light perfume despite having some quite dense notes in there mm. um okay well honey is, is a peculiar note for me and uh you know i think maybe we'll uh talk about some of the the honey notes uh weirdly um boss the original boss number one um has a sort of very pronounced pissy honey note in it and i i actually really love that so uh, uh i'm not even consistent with the style of honey that i do and don't like so uh, what do i know <laughs> okay so it's been a fascinating uh, discussion during which i've learned that everything i thought i knew about fragrances and aromatic fougeres uh, was in fact uh false i've been living a lie uh, i've also discovered that shepra is such a staggeringly wide uh, definition that it almost serves no purpose if i'm honest um because it seems like anything's a bloody shepra you strap a pair of wheels on it it's a bicycle you know it it just this is just a ludicrously wide uh, banding of perfumes that uh, i don't think i've learned much from um so on that bombshell um i should remind our regular listener uh, shout out to regular listener um, that we have our own Instagram page and uh, there you can follow us Les Odorants uh, you can follow each of our own Instagrams uh, you can even drop us an email and let us know what you'd like to hear about uh, we'd love to hear from you we'd like to know that you exist you are real people um, and hopefully that you're enjoying the show um, and just so people know, all the details of how to get in touch with us and follow us on socials are in the show notes. Uh, get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. I uh, hope you can join us next time. Until then, get in touch with us at our Instagram page if you like. Um, but we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Cheers.